Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. Never (laughs) refer to it slouchy. It's slouchy. Slouchy. What's up, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) We're back. Welcome, welcome. How's everybody been? Happy uh, Wednesday? Yeah. Slouchy. That's how Uh, we're... Happy slouchy. (laughs) (laughs) We have an intern back. Hello. We have an intern, and we have also a guest. Oh, we have a guest. Should we should we ask this guest and introduce themselves? Hi, guest. Who are you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guest. You can call me Jordan. Um, I'm Jordan Woo-woo. Hart. I'm the executive director of the Greater Holyoke Chamber here in Holyoke, hey. right downtown. <laughs> Why'd you invite her there? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> got only only the executive director of the chamber. Lame. I only got an intro and right. I'm already like, why is she here? <laughs> what are you here for? Um, well, I don't fully understand what the chamber does. Like I, I get some tidbits. I've been to some events, but I don't fully understand it. And I can imagine a lot of people don't. Also, you just got one of the 40 under 40 awards, which is pretty stinking cool. So yeah. I, um, I thought it'd be nice to hear about both in whatever order you would like to start with sure i guess i guess it probably makes most sense to tell you all what a chamber of commerce is and um so kind of background um i'll be at the chamber 10 years this october i started as a part-time administrative assistant didn't know what a chamber of commerce even was but i was like a full-time waitress and i kind of felt plateaued i was just kind of taking a lot of history classes you're blowing my mind right now 10 years 10 years yeah you look like you're like 22 thanks (laughs) (laughs) 10 years I started when I was about 22 nice Um, thank you (laughs) and basically I really feel that chambers um each town and community has their Mm -hmm. own chamber and I feel like it's really up to the director to create their own mission for what it is that they want to accomplish and kind of focus their work based on that mission so Mm -hmm. Those who come to Holyoke Chamber events um, won't really have the same experience if they go to Amherst or Northampton or Springfield for that matter, because each director kind of has its own focus. Um, Traditionally, chambers are very um, seen as white collar, kind of exclusive um, organizations Mm -hmm. that really only help the the higher up folks like oh the like banks. the stuffy chambers and all the other towns <clears throat> yeah um i won't mention any city specifically but i have really great relationships <laughs> with all the directors but i just want to highlight that each director has its own mission so over the course of my time working at the holyoke chamber i've really noticed um covid kind of messes time frames up but i would say mm. probably the past six years I've really noticed how, especially with the Spark and now Efral A Para Todos program, where we were really engaging young entrepreneurs, mm. especially like entrepreneurs um, of like the BIPOC and, and Latino communities. It's just we weren't really engaging. We didn't have a spectrum of the businesses that we were engaging. And I really felt that the chamber was going to die out if we didn't kind of pivot and tweak what it is that we were doing. So was the chamber um, initially basically supporting existing businesses and not necessarily um, reaching out to new business? Yeah. So it's it's still kind of challenging to reach out to new business. I feel that that relationship with the city has gotten significantly better. Mm-hmm. So um, like Alex from the license board the other day just told me that, you know, Slancha is transitioning under new ownership and gave me all their information which was great because I'm like wow this has never happened (laughs) (laughs) you're in the know (laughs) yeah and because it's really hard when you're doing so much to really focus on okay who just pulled a new license out of the clerk's office and stuff like that so especially with me I'm in I'm in the only person who works at the chamber so it's really challenging for me to kind of 
do everything. I do as much as I can with the tools that I'm given. And, you know, sometimes you fall short in areas. But I think mm-hmm. that that's just human nature. So the city's working with you. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We ha- I have such a great relationship with, like, the Garcia administration. And I work really well with Aaron and his team over at OPED. We do a lot of collaborative grants together. Really we nice. do a lot of work. I was the MC for Josh's inauguration. <laughs> so, like, it started off really great. Um, and it's we've maintained that that flow as well. Um, But when I got promoted in February of 2021, I really, we had had some shortcomings over the past few years. Like we had a new stiff logo. We had gone undergone like two directors since Kathy Anderson left in 2018. So I decided it was really important for us to rebrand kind of coming out of, you know, 2020 with a new modern logo something that was appealing to all businesses, but specifically, you know, the the next generation of business owners. Um, We have a really great pipeline with Tessa and her team over at E4L and Eparatoros. So that way, once the entrepreneurs complete their program, they're kind of funneled into um, like a a seamless pipeline so that they can maintain engagement within the business community. Because at the end of the day, we want to let as many people as we know know about the businesses in our community because the businesses in our community can only be as successful with the support of the community behind them. So for me, I really feel like our chamber is focused on being the bridge between the community and the businesses. So we sponsor a lot of community-based events um, like Holyoke Pride, the Holyoke Brick Race, where um, one of the organizers of the Paper City Food Festival. So we do a lot of work with the community to really put our name out there and really show, you know, because you can talk the talk and be like, yeah, we're here to support business. But, you know, you need to have action steps behind that. Mm. So that's been really elevated through um, the new TDI district where we're the fiscal agent. So we're helping administer grants to a lot of um, high street specific businesses who are looking to redo the facades or just kind of have extra money to get new signage, um, get them um, kind of modern technology so that they can be able to take online payments um, because a lot of businesses have never had those tools or resources or that support to really get to the next level of their business so when people join the chamber it come it comes with like a a toolbox for them yeah so we have kind of like a one pager (laughs) it's mostly online because i'm really eco-friendly so i don't like to (laughs) waste paper so we we don't do mailings anymore like we used to So, but basically, yes. So we have three different tiers for typical businesses. There's like solopreneur, entrepreneur, which is $150 a year. Then we have small business, um, restaurants and hospitality. And I chose to include restaurants and hospitality because throughout the pandemic, those industries really took a hard hit um, Mm -hmm. in terms of their business. And then, which is three, so that's 300 um, and nonprofits are also 300. And then the base level for kind of any other business is 500. Okay. Um, so we're certainly lower in terms of our neighboring chambers, but I also feel like Holyoke's economy is significantly different than all of our neighboring communities. So I wanted to be really aware of that when I redid our due structure. And um, if you join in the middle of our year, which our year runs July through June, your dues get prorated. You can choose oh, to nice. have them be um, monthly or quarterly. Like I'm really here to help you do what you feel is best for your business instead of being so like clean cut with everything. Because I feel like one thing, one lesson that I hope most of us learned throughout the pandemic is is flexibility. Mm. And I just want to be flexible with our business community because everyone's struggling um, in some regard, whether high or low. Um, everyone, we all need to be here to support one each other. So that's like really my thing. Like I love helping people. I've always enjoyed like helping people and making them feel comfortable. So I created a really like welcoming space at the chamber. So I there's like no overhead lights because I cannot stand <laughs> overhead lights. But there's like, mu- you know, there's music and plants and like you feel more welcome. You're not going into this stuffy 1980s vibed office. Um, so and that's really been helpful. And we've been partnering with, you know, Telemundo so that we've been able to get our messaging out there to nice. the Hispanic business community and the Hispanic community at large. We have a trade with La Bomba Radio. Great. So we've been trying to do steps in the direction so that we can become a, like a full bilingual office because we're serving a bilingual community. So that was really important for me to make sure that we're 
we're doing that because if we're, you know, as a chamber director, if our whole business community doesn't feel like their chamber is there for them, then we're not doing our job right. So that was kind of one takeaway that I learned over my time at the chamber and and an action item that I took in when I took over um, about two and a half years ago. So what what do you say to the business owner that um, is not a part of the chamber and feels like they've got their business under control and they don't need the chamber? Yeah, that's definitely not an uncommon um, <laughs> occurrence. And, you know, we've had some people who have reached out to us for help for like ribbon cuttings and press releases, and then they don't end up joining. And, mm. you know, I don't really know why, but I, it could also be that the work, the mission that we have doesn't really vibe with the mission that they have. Mm. And, you know, I always try to encourage people to try coming to our events, like try before you buy. So all of our networking events are free for our members, um, which gives people an opportunity to mingle and network and kind of make those relationships with other people in our business community so that, you know, it, next time you won't need to get an oil change, you're like, oh, I have a really great relationship now with Mark Hot Ford. So even though I don't drive a Ford, I can still go to them because I have a great relationship and I want to support that individual, right. excuse me, that individual. And that kind of goes every way. Um, I love hosting an event and people <laughs> are like, oh my God, I never knew that this place existed. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's that, why I'm doing this. this is, exactly. <laughs> and so it's showing people, you know, Holyoke has kind of a bad reputation. So I feel like it's part of my job, ex- especially like being downtown, really supporting the downtown redevelopment is really showing people like, no, Holyoke has a lot of cool things that it can offer. Yeah. It has a lot of great small businesses who may not even live in Holyoke, but are so dedicated to the Holyoke economy in some way. And the best thing that we can do is just, you know, highlight those businesses, bring them into their places of work. And we get really great attendance at our events. You know, our last power hour was at The Plan, and we had 50 people there, and the mayor showed up. I always invite the city councilors. I'm Mm. sure you see my my calendar invites. I definitely try to come to as many as I can. Yeah, and I, I, I do that just so that you know, people know that this is happening and it's a way for the counselors and the city administration to really see the businesses and, and get to know the people in their community that they're essentially serving as well. Well, and I think that's a really great, um, it's a really great way to highlight a business, but it's also, again, a really great way to get the community to support community businesses. If mm-hmm. we don't know they're there, yeah, it's hard to support them. So to be in the space and spread the word as other business owners and supporters, I think it's uh, the chamber does a really nice job. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And it's also, you know, people are like, I'm just going to use El Pariso, for example, like, oh, you know, I've been wanting to try them, but I never had the opportunity. So then they come down for an after hours there and they get to try the food and they get to experience, you know, the atmosphere. And I think that that's a huge part of it is that we need to utilize the chamber's like longevity of a voice to be able to uplift these underrepresented businesses in our community. And it, it also goes a long ways as far as, um, since Holyoke has a lot of small businesses that are privately owned, um, it's actually pretty great to go to an event and meet the owners of, of like a business, you know, and, mm-hmm. and see see how much pride everyone's taking in their their ventures and, um, really connect with your community, connect with other business owners and, you know, have a have a like personal story. So, you you know, when you walk by that place, you're like, oh, hey, let's go in there and grab a bite. You know, yeah. you've been there already. It's more comfortable. You've met probably, you know, you've definitely met people who work there and or the owners. And mm-hmm. um, it goes a long ways. This is not a big community. Holyoke's a small it's place. very small. <laughs> <laughs> I've realized <laughs> So I guess in terms of a business owner who may not feel that they need that, I guess, you know, it's kind of highlighting the additional support that we offer. You know, there's essentially with your your membership fee, you get endless marketing. You know, if somebody if somebody calls the chamber looking for a referral, I'm only going to use a chamber member. Mm -hmm. You know, I tend to do all of my personal business with chamber members as well. Um, So it's really it's. I kind of highlight it in the way that it's you're getting your name out there and you're exposing yourself to a group of people that you may not think. I, I feel like as a business owner, your market is never limited. And so I feel that we 
are able to kind of pivot, like pivot that mentality and and allow other businesses to kind of know what's out there. Mm. Um, so. I guess that that that's the best way. I'm not a salesperson. I always like refer to myself as Willie Loman. Um, I'm like just not. I'm not a salesperson. I feel like you either want to come and like hang with us and be a part of our membership and support the work that we're doing to help make our community better, or you know you're fine on your own and that's okay too. And you know it's no hard feelings. But um, you know we do write press releases on behalf. We do highlight milestones. Um, we all work better together. Yeah, we do. We all work better together. And so that's, you know, if you're fine without joining, that's cool. Like, I'm, you know, try us again in a little bit. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's no hard feelings. I mean, I do have to say, though, that our membership has grown significantly over the past year and a half. And nice. we, we've got 65 new members. And wow. most of those are small businesses. And that's really in 10 years that I've worked at the chamber we never had 65 new members in that longevity of time. Really? So for us to get that amount of new members in such a short period of time, it's um, it's a, a lot of people from the E for All E Para Todos program, a lot of small businesses who have been here in Holyoke. I had a, a guy the other day. He was like, you know, I tried your chamber a little while, like some years ago, but it, it just didn't sit right with me. But I love the work that you're doing. I always see you out there. And so I feel like a lot of it and I like... I'm so humble, so this is really hard for me to say, but I feel like people see, like, my empathy and compassion and then that they want to support me in the work that I'm able to do to help bring our community together. So I don't think it's, like, specific, like, chamber-specific. I mm-hmm. think it's more, like, like mission-driven and people are, like, here They're feeling behind. your mission right now. Yeah. And so we've established like a high street business association. So that way we can get that an established association through the city. And that's basically to help support our downtown businesses who, you know, there's sa- public safety issues. There's, you yeah. know, there's trash, there's um, drug dealing, there's prostitution happening in broad daylight. And we feel a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no police officers patrolling. You know, eight to ten years ago, you would always see police officers patrolling. And I don't know if that's a capacity issue on behalf of the HPD or whatever the case is, but we are going to be meeting in in front of DGR next week. So we're going to be able to voice our concerns. I know um, either the chief or one of his captains are going to be present. So, you know. Well, presence definitely matters. Presence matters. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they're even willing to come and hear what it is that we have to say. And, you know, we're going to be fair but firm. You know, these are issues that are preventing our businesses and our downtown from growing. And, you know, what steps can we take to make this happen? And you can see that there's only a handful of people who are coming to these events on a recurring basis because we do meet every first Thursday at City Sports. Okay. Um, So we've made the timing really easy. So that way, if you miss one, you know that, you know, it's every first Thursday of the month that we're going to be meeting. So we'll be meeting tomorrow. Um, And it's just, you can tell that there's people who have been on high street for so long who are just exhausted because they're not seeing change. And so I, it's almost a defeat, like the white flag is up. And so we all have the same, Concerns. We all know what needs to be fixed, but like, what are the action steps that we need to take to make it come to fruition? And quickly. And quickly, yeah, Yeah. because we want more people to invest in downtown, but private dollars are not going to save us. You know, no one is coming in with, you know, a million dollars and is like, yeah, I'm going to buy this block and I'm going to fix this up when there's nothing really anchoring it around it. So Mm. we need public dollars to help support housing for one, because the more people you have living downtown, the more people you're going to have supporting your downtown businesses. And then you'll kind of see this like snowball domino effect happening where more people are going to be coming in and investing. Um, And you've seen this kind of movement all over the place. You know, like what's happening in Holyoke is not a unique situation. It's just, um, we're hopefully at the at the home stretch of, of making it happen. And I feel that the energy in terms of the partners involved, the city's engagement on both, you know, an administrative level and then through an economic development level, it's all getting pushed in the right direction. Um, we, we're lucky to have mass development with the, our TDI fellow here for the next two and a half years. Um, his name's Kevin. He's great. 
and he we're, so we're lucky to be in this situation because mass development will and hopefully they don't hear it. I mean but it's it's no lie but they have tons of money for us to be able to transform high street and like that's why Kevin's here is because this is the part of our community right now that needs the most TLC right that's awesome yeah Y'all been, y'all been going at it. I've just been sitting over here quiet. <laughs> Taking I, a lot of notes over there, Terry. Cause, and and I guess what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take a break and then we'll come back. But I, I mean, for me, like, I, you know, I'm on a whole other side of this. I got yeah. much harder questions. But like, anyways, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll be right back with Jordan. All right. <laughs> hey, Coco. What's up, Terry? What are you looking at over there? I'm looking at the flyer for the Healthy Living Passport through Explore Holyoke. Have you heard about that? I haven't. What is that? Okay, so a bunch of organizations have been coming together. Let's move. Hampton County 5210 has been bringing folks together and has been thinking about ways to get folks engaged in healthy living uh, activities. So uh, they put together a passport where you can join into these various like events and be a part of um, workshops and all those things and get stamps in your passport. And then be submitted into raffle drawings. So there's actually like real incentives behind like completing some of these tasks on the passport. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And wh- why is it called healthy living specifically? Cause it's all about healthy living, like really focused on like movement, going out for walks, uh, joining in at the farmer's market, maybe taking classes at the YMCA or through Holyoke Health Center. So it's really focused on trying to get folks to make some healthy choices this summer. So you can go get a passport and then you can like go to all these places with it and get little like get stars. Little yeah, <laughs> yes. That sounds fun. So you can go to the YMCA Healthy Kids Day uh, and that is on the 29th of April. So that one's coming up, but you might miss that one. Um, and then there's also, you can visit the Holyoke Public Library and the Summer's Farmer's Market to pick up uh, a passport. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and then stay tuned through the Explore Holyoke page to see what types of events are going to be associated with the passport. Sweet. I like it a lot. Awesome. Well, I hope to see you out there. Yeah, I just I just said hard hard questions. Because you <laughs> wanted to be disrespectful <laughs> towards me. That's what it was. Coco, why is it like, is that a running theme on this show? <laughs> it's just song. like just like passing disrespect to one another. <laughs> just being. Oh, Jordan, yeah. I appreciate you being here. I feel like I learned a lot about the chamber. Um, when I lived in Pennsylvania in a little town, well, it was a little borough, Wilkinsburg, they had the, this was, this was basically like a mini version of e They had what was called the core four business planning. And essentially you did like six to nine weeks of a, like learning how to build a business, learning how to like structure your business plan, figure out what the owner's draw is, all of that. But I think one of the things that like st- that I struggled with was realizing that there were so many folks that were in this little 2.2 mile radius borough, right? That wanted to start small businesses, but where were they going? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Once they start those businesses, where are those storefronts that are available to them that are going to be affordable, right? And accessible to them. And I, I don't know if that's like a struggle that Holyoke might be kind of looking at as well as these small businesses are starting up, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's several layers of challenges that business owners face. So one, it's like, which one comes first, though? Um, a lot of these business, a lot of these storefronts, I should say, these commercial storefronts, um, which also have residential, are zoned for residential on top, many of them have been unoccupied and vacant with absentee ownership for decades. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the city was doing for decades, not collecting the taxes of these buildings, but the city is starting its process and taking back a lot of these buildings. Is that the imminent domain process or just kind of going through the rigmarole and figuring out who owned it and like trying to acquire it that way? I think they do it based on the amount that is owed to the city. And so they take that like the high, the ones where there's the highest amount of taxes owed and then they take it. A lot of, I don't know. It's really challenging because many of these um, business owners or these property owners, I should say, are just some of them aren't even alive. Some of them are just nowhere to be found. There's no record. There's no paper trails. So 
And that's more of, you know, an OPED, Office of Planning and Economic Development um, task that they're working on. But then once somebody does acquire that building, it's hundreds and thousands of dollars to be able to get it up to code, to get in a sprinkler system. Um, supply and demand has gone up significantly. And I think that that's also where the housing issue comes into play because it's really important for us to have um, mixed use residential. You know, low income housing is great, but you also you want a spectrum of income to be able to support the businesses downtown and to support the local economy. Mm. So making sure that it's um, is is mixed is really important. But then it's really hard because you know you take a really affluent community like Boston. Boston and Holyoke will have the same costs, but Boston can get away with paying with charging loads more money. Mm-hmm. So their return on investment is a lot shorter than if somebody were to do that in Holyoke. And so that becomes a huge challenge as well. So again, that's kind of where it comes back to the public dollars is what will help support and save and um, drive the economic development for the city because private dollars just aren't able to do that. The one exception I would say, though, is that the cannabis industry has been a true anchor, in my opinion, for the economic development in Holyoke. Um, They do have the capital and the ability to invest that amount of money into these abandoned factories to be able to turn them either into grow facilities, into dispensaries. Um, So cannabis in its own, I feel, has really been an economic anchor for helping support the the business um, the kind of future for Holyoke yeah yeah and I I guess that that's also a little bit of my question too is like how does a city not like put all of its eggs in a single basket I mean I think that's the history of Holyoke having like relied upon the textile mills and all of the like singular industries to kind of build itself so like I say that all the time so the fact that you said that because we did we put all of our eggs in one basket with paper we did it with silk and it's like okay Holyoke. When do we learn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, right, all right, right guys. Right, like, right. Yeah. So, like, I, I do see the, the cannabis funds, and, and even in other cities, how that, that money could be used, whether that's tax revenue, whether that's just, like, an extra off the top for operating in our city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I do see that those funds kind of going back into the community in some ways. What are some of the ways that that's, that's happening for Holyoke? Um, so they did They did repave High Street. They're able to invest in marketing the city. So that's bringing through the Explore Holyoke website. A lot of that's being used to be able to make that um, more established. So that way we can get more people from outside of Holyoke also coming in and spending their money in the city. Mm-hmm. But in terms of not putting all your eggs in one basket, I think that, okay, cannabis has settled. It's here. You know, let that grow. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But then... I think residential is really where we need to put our next focus because residential has a lot more longevity than a, a niched industry. Mm. Um, and I think, the you know, we're seeing that with the wind development over by uh, the police station off Appleton. So that's going to be over 55 living. And that's also, you know, um, Oh, what's the word? Like, it's mixed, mixed income. Mixed yeah, income. thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was like, where am I <laughs> going with is, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and that, Another thought that I keep thinking about is like, yes, we need folks to come and invest in the city. And I think the chamber is in an interesting spot where it has the ability to also say, wait a minute, we have assets, we have strengths we in our own city here, small businesses that are operating out of their basements or out of their kitchens or whatever the case may be here. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that Eferol is there kind of catching some of them, but is there is there a falling through the cracks that's actually happening or yeah yeah i mean i I think that there's always going to be folks who are slipping through the cracks um one huge thing that we've noticed is that there's a lot of food entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. i think a lot of you know sourdough bread was like all the rage in 2020 so i think people really started taking um taking on and really honing in on their their culinary skills but a lot of the problem that we're seeing, especially with us or, you know, overseeing the farmer's market, we have a lot of these entrepreneur, culinary entrepreneurs who don't have the proper serve safe licensing. Um, you know, the Board of Health and the license department, they're they're pretty strict, but I feel that, you know, they're just doing their job. So I'm not going to making sure nobody dies. You know, what yeah. I mean? like, really? Yeah. So, you know, we've been trying to work with Nuestras Raices and that has its own challenges, but there's um 
a commercial kitchen that opened up that's been opened on high street and it's under new um ownership oh yeah with neighbor to neighbor yeah thank you for that <laughs> that's going to be a huge asset so with wellspring harvest and wellspring cooperative um that commercial kitchen is really going to help a lot and um, mass in motion under oped has been really helpful in getting us funding so we we house the money. Eforall recruited the folks, um, 18 in English, 18 in Spanish, to be able to take free manager serve safe classes. And so that was a really big deal. You know, I mean, the only thing we really did was pay for all the books, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is a big, a big part. But um, Eforall was really great in recruiting all those folks because a lot of them um, now they can go into the commercial kitchen, assuming that they've passed, and be able to produce their product. And then that's how we start. Kind generating of. businesses and like just even having that incubator space that's kind of what it is for us right right and, and i i guess the other question the bigger question for me is is like a lot of times when we're investing in community members that's deemed a risky investment right yeah and that there's not a big return that comes from looking out for your neighbor like that you know what i mean yeah and so i get that a lot i mean even with my events like we had a really great award ceremony and we didn't make a lot of money on it but i wanted to keep it affordable so that everybody could come we had cocktail hour it was like a a great meal by the delaney house we got to highlight four different businesses in our community and everybody had a great time and so for me it's about like the matter of fact Mm -hmm over generating a lot of money off people like i i don't want to nickel and dime anybody i want to be fair but i like i want to be fair to ourselves too so being able to put on events like that where everybody can come it's not breaking the bank is is also really helpful for me too and that's also why for the farmer's market a lot of these we don't charge anyone to participate in the farmer's market because for for me and um Say that one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just we don't need to be char- nickel and diming folks who are just trying to get their name out there. And and the more that people see these businesses and go to the market and recognize the products, you know, that's how we also help generate our local economy, which I mm-hmm. think is like what the chamber should be doing. We shouldn't be focusing on all, you know, the corporations or, you know, all the banks, all the insurance agencies, you know, our business community is as diverse as Holyoke itself. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to make sure that we're almost like like a web gram or like yeah, yeah. chamber. And then we have all the like little branches sticking out right. and, and right. supporting. Right. And it's just having all of these tools kind of popping up with the commercial kitchen with being able to use um, mass emotion state money to help support um, serve safe to being able to provide free networking events and free opportunities for businesses to get their name out there you know the artery is also a really great um, place for businesses to be able to get their products and their names out there Mm -hmm. so there's been a lot of almost like grassroots outlets where people are able to kind of get their name out there without spending thousands of dollars in marketing or like advertisements is are so expensive the newspaper online i mean facebook is fine but it's also really niche not everybody's on social media so i think have social media is also i'm like a bad millennial but i feel like it's it's mixed because i feel as though people still want to build relationships with people i feel like social media I'm not going to say what I was going to (laughs) say, but yeah, it is, it is definitely problematic. And I don't think that a lot of like small business owners are hip to that. Like, I'll give you one. I'll give you one of my brilliant ideas. Like I went into Holyoke Pizza like a week ago, whatever. And I saw those big screens that they have for their menus. And I was like, oh, that's, that's dope. You know what else that would be dope? is you getting a little bit of money to use that as advertisement space because Mm -hmm. it's a blaring screen in front of all your customers and somebody's willing to pay like five, ten dollars or whatever, you know what I mean? Something to be able just to have their logo show up on that, you know what I mean? And like sharing like that. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Easy revenue. I'm a a marketing major beginning and like business, like this is my jam. But now I'm thinking of like how this is shared, right? And how we Mm -hmm. co-own that. Um, And yeah, so I, I guess all that to say is I, I pulled this up because I never can remember the acronym, but I got some homies that would be very mad if I didn't mention them. <laughs> um, but they are from the Coalition for Worker Ownership and Power Co-op. And they're really fighting for more, like just a more established office space 
representation of co-ownership than share owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, like, is there space in the chamber for co-ownership? And yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Mass CEO, um, they focus on co-ops. They're they're a member of ours. I feel as though co-ops are kind of trickling westward, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. um, they exist, but I feel as though, at least to my knowledge, they're not really strongly represented in my out my direct outlets. Um, I was serving on a board who was interested in, in making a co-op. Um, making their organization to a co-op, but because they're technically a 501c3, there was a lot of challenges. Right. And so things got a little messy. So for right now, they kind of have shied away from that route. But I definitely think that, you know, co-ownership is really important, especially with family-owned businesses, because that's how you, you, you take Holyoke Machine, for example. You know, Holyoke Machine was the um, oldest manufacturer in the city, and mm -hmm. they had to close their doors because either the cooperative model wasn't, effectively um, marketed to the employees or there was something missing there, but mm -hmm. there's no reason why we should be closing long time businesses. Like Mel's is another good example. Mm -hmm. You know, why couldn't there be the employees all put Owning a that. Yeah, yeah. And then continuing to create it. A lot of breweries are taking on that model. Like Harpoon is the first one that comes to mind, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I've everybody has a space in our chamber. It's just kind of getting it established and then figuring out the best way that we can help them. Um, one huge thing that has been really great. We've been grateful enough to team up with Ifrone para todos. And now this next round, we're partnering with the greater Chicopee chamber mm -hmm. to be able to get um, an abundance of money from the mass growth capital corporation mm -hmm. to provide. We we've been using it to provide complimentary one-on-one -on -one business and technical assistance. Mm -hmm. So we have um, a business consultant who's super smart. She knows her stuff. And we've been, um, she's helped nearly 30 businesses since July mm -hmm. of last year with a variety of um, different business assistance. Technical assistance needs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody had two EIN numbers and they needed to figure out which one they needed to get rid of yeah. so that, you know, they can apply for grant funding. So they were on the phone with the IRS for three and a half hours. Mm. Um helping somebody prepare to go before a city council meeting so that way they can get make, make sure all of their licensing is intact in so that when they took over a business that now they're doing it the right way because right. the previous owner hasn't. Wasn't doing it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, of course, grant assistance is a huge factor, but it's also streamlining, streamlining making sure that your systems are the most effective that they can be so you can get the most out of your day. Uh, so that's been huge for us because no other chamber is doing that mm. and hopefully now with um chicopee because which is a our, our sister gateway city they share a lot of the same economic diff um challenges that we have mm. especially with their downtown um so but their budget is different than holyoke's for sure way right? yeah. different <laughs> yeah. way different um so holyoke we'll still get more of that plus plus we'll be the ones being the we're like the lead agency so we'll be housing all the money for that but being able to provide and this kind of i'm sorry i'm kind of like jumbling You're, my thoughts yeah. but <laughs> this came out because we were putting on workshops and workshops are like such a thing of the past i feel because we're like okay these are common issues so let us put this on and like tell businesses what we think their issues are right mm -hmm. and nobody was coming up it was a bad time of day people like nobody wants to take time of their day to do like a workshop on like marketing especially when you're telling them what's wrong yeah right? and they're not having space to be able to do that for themselves right and so yeah because not everybody's gonna have be on the same journey right so we're like okay why are we doing this we should just hire a consultant use this money to pay them mm -hmm. and then have the businesses come to us and be like these are my issues how can you help me? Right. Right. And it seems like at this point, there are just so many different types of business businesses, and they're all going to have different types of problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the argument against workshops makes a lot of sense, because how many times have we all sat in workshops where we thought, wow, I really know all of this, and I just have a question that I want to ask at the end. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And it's a waste of everybody's time. Right. Well, that's how I ended up taking the core four business planning thing. Like, I already, like, had experience, but 
I think the other part, I'm not going to downplay the workshop. I think the cool thing about the workshop or any sort of localized gathering is just that, that it brings people together. Mm -hmm. And sure, we were like, I was in that space with a bunch of other business owners looking around and being like, oh, it's us. You know what I mean? And I think that that was the value. But again, it could have been a networking event, right? Like it could have been something else. It didn't necessarily have to be like this planning. But I took it because that was the only thing that was really available to network with community members. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I will I will switch gears one more time. <laughs> one more hard question, because, again, the homies would be very mad if I didn't mention this. But <laughs> in all of your work in Chamber of Commerce's learning about what's happening, not just here in, in the Commonwealth, but across the state, what's going on with reparations? Like, is that conversation? Is there a reparations conversation happening in any Chamber of Commerce's? You know, hmm. like because for me. You can't have the conversation of economic development without having the conversation of reparations. Yeah. So I think it's happening on on more of a statewide level. Mm -hmm. Springfield is very politically driven, but it's also very, in my opinion, conservatively driven. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's it's really not too big of a conversation, which is unfortunate. Um, And I feel like my role is kind of on the outskirts, Mm -hmm. but I... One thing that I would like to see myself doing in the, in at least for this year, because our year just started on Saturday. <laughs> Yo, fiscal um, year, <laughs> shouts out to the new year. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is being having more of of a voice to help build that conversation. Build that conversation yeah. exactly yeah. because it is a problem. It's not something that's being addressed, and I, I feel that chambers need to be kind of that voice that like the middleman historically they were the impasse right they were the barrier right like for people of color for small businesses that could have been your challenge you had to go through the chamber in order for that to happen and a chamber could have just been like nah, nah. fam, we're not gonna support you <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like exactly. it could have been that easy yeah and so i think that you know i've i definitely see myself being i don't like the first few things that I did when I, I got like an equality sticker for the door and a Black Lives <laughs> Matter sticker for the door. I was like, people need to know that this is a safe space right. and their voices are going to be heard. Nice. And like for, that's so important for me because I feel like we have not been doing that. Yeah. And to your point, you know, chambers are exclusive, like systemically white organizations that help support white, white businesses, businesses. Right. Which we've seen because... We didn't have any black and brown business owners in our in our chamber for the longest time. And it got to the point where it's like, we need to diversify our board. And it's like, we're just tokenizing at right. this point. Right. And that's not uplifting the voices of people in our community. Yeah. And so it's creating a space for them to feel welcome, to feel engaged, assure them that, no, you're part of this business community, just like Joe over here or like whatever the case may be. And I want people to really understand that you don't need to dress up to come to our events. Right. Like you, if you're a mechanic, you're not going to like look clean coming out of work, <laughs> but you're still a business in our community and that's what we're here to do. Right. So you come as you are. And I think that over the course of the past year and a half, we've really like made that known mm. because we're, we're seeing that return. Right. Um, but I do think that those hard conversations are not being taken seriously. Um, on a macro um, level. Um, yeah. The only place that I've heard even the reparations conversation happening like is in Amherst and they, mm-hmm. they passed the whole legislation about now they're trying to figure out what to do with the money. Like they, they talked about it and are trying to figure out how to like distribute it. It's a long story, but that's one of the only places that I've kind of been paying attention to just like loosely. But yeah, I only asked that just to like for even our listeners to let them know, hey man, I'm out here. I'm constantly asking. About yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> as you should. So, yeah, the, it's a work in progress. <laughs> I, I appreciate your answer. Like, honestly, like and just the because I think I mean, certainly we could have all guessed that. Right. But I think hearing you say that there is an active approach to like making sure that the chamber sounds kind of like church is a little inclusive. Come as you are. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, we're everyone is invited something to be appreciated for sure yeah thank you and i have to say it feels very inclusive thanks you know when you show up at events from the chamber you know you walk in there's all kinds of different businesses represented people are in 
dressed in all kinds of ways coming from work and you can really feel the difference of the Holyoke Chamber versus some other chamber events that I've been to. So I uh, commend you for all the work you've been doing in the last uh, yeah. two years. And or again, shouts out yeah. to being 40 under 40. Like, yeah. oh, I saw you. I was like bending the corner. I saw you in your little bells ball. Like, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's take a break and then we can talk about that. Oh, Coco with the segue. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Terry. What's up, Coco? Um, you know, Holyoke has a pretty awesome Chamber of Commerce. Does it? That's what I hear. And, like, I've been to some events, and they're pretty great. But I don't really know, like, what their hours are. I don't think people really know where they're located. Do you? Let's ask Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. The Greater Holyoke Chamber is located at 177 High Street, right in downtown Holyoke. We're open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Nice. You can find us online at holyokechamber.com. And if you're a high street business or a business in the surrounding high street area, you can feel free to join us every Thursday from every, I'm sorry, every first Thursday of the month from 5 <laughs> to 7 at City Sports, where we will be having our High Street Business Association and helping to make our downtown a more thriving and beautiful place for you to eat, work, play, and just spend your dollars in downtown Holyoke. Very nice. Mm, awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> we should have you on the podcast more often. More often. <laughs> and if there's anything that we need to redact, that's our nature. We could redact it. So like, okay. we need to change it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Cool. cool. Yeah. So we'll see you at the chamber sometime? Yeah, right. of course. I'll awesome. be there. Awesome. See ya. <laughs> All right, Coco, we're back. Hey. This has been a great conversation with Jordan. Thank you so much know, for being here. I know, really here. lucky to have you in. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Yeah. Well, I hope you'll come back and tell us more exciting stuff soon. I will. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be at the kitchen space. I don't want to say what, what we're calling it just yet because we yeah. still got to, like, but we have a new name. It's super dope, too. I like it. I want to hear the name. It's <laughs> named after, like, uh, a very famous person's cookbook. Oh, cool. Who, uh, who traveled, what I'm pushing for pushing for this name but she traveled <laughs> all across the caribbean and like hispanic or south america and l lived she's from cuba family owned cocoa um plantation for a long time and grew that but anyway she wrote this cookbook picking up all of these recipes from her travels and then then put it together and so i wanted to name the restaurant after that cookbook that's, that's dope. Nice. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like dope. <laughs> Can't wait to do a ribbon cutting for you. <sighs> Looking forward to it. Speaking of ribbon cuttings, Milo's back. Hey! <laughs> our silent intern. Everyone's been waiting. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> so a lot popular. of fans. I think you got like three or four fans out there right now. Sweet. At least. Yeah, it's nice. We only started with twos. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell us about the weather, Milo? <laughs> it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really hot uh, with... A random chance of thunderstorms so not only will you be dying of heat stroke but um you're gonna probably get struck by lightning too oh nice just unexpectedly oh nice so uh go to a swimming hole after work it, uh if you have time uh that's my recommendation mm -hmm. um because it's gonna be brutal okay i've never heard a weather person say the things you said and i appreciate it because yeah. you're that's taking weather best. right that's why you're the best you're taking it to another level i'm you know one I mean? with the weather that's next level milo that's right <laughs> that's so sweet yeah so that's how we're gonna beat the heat is swimming holes um and we got thunderstorms how are we gonna avoid lightning like i swear uh pray if you're religious if not wow. <laughs> best of luck <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So where are the like swimming holes that aren't all like murky right now from all these storms? Mm. Mm. There's a local pool here. Maybe oh, we yeah, should shout out the pool. When is the pool open? It's like open all the is time. It open? That's, yeah. That's an Izzy Rivera question. He's very passionate about that pool. pool. And it's really nice and it's really new. And we yeah. should have a blurb mm. about that yeah we yeah. should have the blurb about we the should. pool <laughs> look at us does go. it still cost money oh that's another Ooh, good question there is a free splash pad in heritage park though dope oh, there you go. but i don't and think community feel. me and my my adultness <laughs> is gonna be well received at the splash pad i just don't know So the one at community field is just a high pressure spout great. oh nice <laughs> 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 I have these really cool sprinklers. You won't need, you won't need oh. a frolic with kids. <laughs> Stop. I'm not, I'm not. 
guys, I'm not going to be out in your splash pads. Like, you can trust and believe that's not where Terry's going <laughs> to be. Thanks, George. Take your kids to the splash pad. All right. Terry's not going. Okay, when, when's the pool open? The pool is open at 575 Maple Street um, until 6 okay. every day. It every opens, day. it's 9 to 11 and 1 to 6. Um, Saturday and Sunday, it's open nine to four. Do I have to be a Holyoke resident to swim? You do not, um, but you do have to still pay for entry. A family pass for five people is twenty bucks for the season. Get out of dodge! Yeah. So it's a like really <laughs> great bad. deal. There's parking. Um, it's actually really, really a nice space, and it's a brand new pool. So. There was mm. a. Hmm. This is this is a little. This is a little like. Uh, chamber of Commerce little sprinkle that I'm gonna add. There was a a community pool that I went to in when I lived in Pittsburgh all the time. First stop, well, though, was to this cafe to get like a rice bowl, <laughs> and then you go over to the pool and just like hang out with your iced coffee and a rice bowl, and then like sounds really hot. It was hot. <laughs> it was hot, but you find a like some little shady spot and like. Yeah. It was the best. We should have one of those food trucks plop up there. Or yes. the lean yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Go. That would be so good. Yeah. But everybody has to wait 30 minutes before they get back in, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the rule? I think that's a I mean, I tale. wear white before, after Labor Day. What? Oh, and before my <gasps> okay. Sacrilege. Yeah, I don't think I believe in any of that. No. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. Yeah. You, you won't sink. After an empanada, like, you won't yeah. sink. You won't sink. I don't think you're gonna get like cramped up or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not a health professional. Don't yeah, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not, we're not doctors here. Sweet legal um, disclaimer: not doctors. Yeah. Y- you should tell people you're not really a weather person, a meteorologist. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Truth, right? I don't, I'm not following. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, good. Well, sweet. So, um, should I go right into announcements? Well, yeah, it's announcement times. It's announcement. Summer is in Holyoke. Holyoke is lit. Holyoke is lit. That was the last episode. Ooh, yeah, Holyoke I like that. So lit. <laughs> um, I got some announcements here beyond walls. Um, there's tons, tons of murals now. There were several. There were many. There were a lot. But now there's tons there's of murals in our city. Metric tons. And <laughs> metric tons of murals. And... Uh, if you go to beyondwalls.org has um, backslash Holyoke 2023, you can see an interactive map of where all the murals are located. Um, they have been giving some tours. Those tours were listed on exploreholyoke.com. Um, and I'm sure the next ones will be posted there too. But so. you can take a self-guided tour and just, I mean, it's nice actually to go around the city and see people kind of just, you know, pulling up or walking by and standing with their cameras. So it's a really nice addition. Um to Holyoke. Then we also have Laugh Holyoke Laugh, Saturday, oh. July 15th. More comedy. Um, yeah, I do like <laughs> the comedy. And um, that's going to be at Gateway City Arts at 92 Race Street. Um, doors open at 7, jokes at 8. Um, it's a 21 plus event. Tickets are 25 bucks, I believe. You can get them in advance or at the door if any are available. And let me tell you, the last comedy show I saw um, had a lot of the same people that was at um, City Sports. and For it, the Enlace fundraiser, for, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was um, Laugh for Funds, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend. Plus, I just like to laugh. So anything where you're just like comedy, I'm going to be like, hey, everybody, you should go to this. It's going to be super funny. Right. Um, then we have Fresh Press, the print and design summer series at Paper City Clothing. Okay. Um, they're doing that Fridays and Saturdays, um, Friday evenings and Saturday during the day. Also at ExploreHolyoke.com. You can go in and print um, from like different designers in the city. So they're featuring a different designer at each event. Um, we still got Armor Holyoke, or sorry, Armor, Armor Yard. Yard Monday. Armor Holyoke. Armor. <laughs> <laughs> we got Armor Yard Monday still happening from five to eight. When so it's not raining. When it's not raining. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Wisty Wednesdays. That's ongoing. I know this week they have um, Crave and White Lion Brewery there, so that will change Dope. probably weekly. But I know um, they're having that. Um, yeah, Holyoke is lit. There's tons going on. We've got Saturday Farmer's Market. Don't forget, it happens every Saturday, not some Saturdays. Go and support local businesses who do not pay a tabling fee. Mm -hmm. I also want to note that (laughs) 
there is now a Wednesday farmer's market at Holyoke Medical Center. What? So it's going on right now. That's right. Very nice. Happening right now. Happening right oh, what time now. is that? Pull up and tell Alexis you say what's up. Yeah. <laughs> at Holyoke Health Center. Uh, medical Center. Holyoke Medical Center. Yeah. Is it in like the parking lot? It's in the, the first parking lot when you come in right outside the main entrance. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. the, the farmer's market is growing. Right. And the farmer's market is the only hip access point in the city oh good to know and what does that mean exactly so um folks who have snap uh, or an ebt card also get free money essentially each month and it it, you the amount depends on your household size Mm -hmm. so a person of one could get up to thirty dollars i believe don't quote me on that but you get x amount of money to use at farmers markets oh, yeah, and that money awesome. gets back put back on your card. So yeah. if you use your EBT card at a farmers market, you get a certain amount of money where you can essentially just get free produce. Yeah. So don't buy your produce at the grocery store if you can get it for free at the farmers market. Exactly. At the farmers market. <laughs> yep. And I, I would say that I also like not not a holy oak business, but I we you can even go to farm stands and mm-hmm. use your hip. Some some places are doing that too, which I yeah. didn't realize though That's that nice. like the farmer's market was the only access point, which seems yeah. sad. And we don't get a lot of support from the city financially. Mm. So I want to give a shout out to Holyoke Health Center, who did write the farmer's market into their Feeding America grant. Oh, nice. And that's how we've been able to pay for our market manager. And we also provide free transportation to and from the market from um, all the housing u- um, units in the city. Oh, this is like... Thing, this is news. People don't know this yeah. stuff. People don't know this yeah, stuff. This is this why is this great. podcast exists, though. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Very so important. we can try to yeah. get this. Yeah. So if somebody needed a ride, do they leave the different housing areas at a certain time? Yep. They have a little route that they take. Oh, cool. And then they bring you to the market. They wait for everybody to finish shopping. And then they bring you back home. And then they pick up more folks. Okay. So it's just kind of ongoing during the day. You know, and it rem- it just reminds me that Holyoke needs a trolley, though. <laughs> I'm just going to keep want shouting. the trolley to bring come Bring the trolley back. back. Oh, like we too. need the transportation and accessibility are such an issue in our community. We have public transportation, but I mean, I used to work at the Olive Garden in West Springfield, which is a town over, mm-hmm. and it took me an hour and a half to two hours uh, to get one town over. Yeah, that's insane. That's bananas. It is. Yeah, there's it no is. like express bus between the cities. No, like, only to ridiculous. Springfield. Another. Okay. So, yeah, did you have to go to Springfield to get to West Springfield? I mean, no, okay. I would. Yeah, no, but it but was. But it felt like it. It was long. <laughs> it was just right down the road, literally. Right down like, the road. Right down it's the like road. a six minute drive. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So accessibility is a problem. Yeah. A trolley would be great. But we have the the little what we, what was that market bus called? Um so the one on Saturdays we partnered with Valley Transporter okay. up in Amherst. And on Wednesdays, the um, Holyoke Medical Center uses their complimentary shuttle service. Oh, that's so great. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Shouts out to HCC. Y'all got LaGuagua up there, too. We can brace that out, too. Yeah. Let's get it. (laughs) And to, I mean, shout out to just the Holyoke Farmer's Market for, like, pulling these pieces together. I'm sure with some assistance from, like, other people in the city, you know, Things work better when we work together to figure out how to make things work, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it really helps, you know, sorry, I know we're like at time, but it really helps. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've done the market for some time and it was only during the summer months and it was always really hard to get traction with our vendors because they would have one point of contact and then a year, you know, a season, couple seasons would go by and then it's somebody new. So there was never consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that you have somebody who is passionate about food security for all mm-hmm. right. and recognizing that um, not everybody has access to fresh food. A lot of people go to the local bodegas for food or, you know, they don't make the right healthy choices. And, you know, the more that we can educate and provide those just services create that opportunity even yeah. to be able to have access to that food right like mm-hmm. the the most majority of people live like a mile away or more from a grocery store or something like that i was reading i don't remember what the stat was i'm not a scientist but like i know that people are far away from their food and that's like again the bodega is the most accessible the closest option so flaming hots it is you know what yeah I mean? like exactly yeah. and then also making sure that our, our market manager is bilingual because we have a lot of people in our community who um, where English is not their first language if they even know English at all. And it's, you know, mm. 
again we can't be just turning people away because we can't communicate. We can't like, communicate. let's find a way to meet. I'm in the sorry, middle. no yeah. produce, produce for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. You want your vegetables? I don't speak. I don't your understand. Language. Yeah, zucchini. Like, <laughs> I think like Anthony Bourdain said that food is like the one is the universal language of everybody. Like mm-hmm. everybody can come together, and and food is what brings people together. That was hmm. the whole. And we're getting out, we're getting out of here, folks. But that was my whole thing with the. <laughs> With the community kitchen space, it was like, you know, I've been around food, worked in service industry for a really, really long time. And I realized that like putting food, coffee, beer, whatever in the center of a table is something that can bring people together. Mm -hmm. And then now you're like building community. Now you're reconciling. Now you're having conversation. You know what I mean? And like those are all very important. And I think food is just an easy way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see unhoused people. My daughter and I are always giving them food. Like we go somewhere, we see somebody if we're going a place that has food, we'll get them food and water and then give it to them because I don't want to support anyone. I, you're going to need to eat regardless right. of what you have, what else you have going on. You need to eat. You, you need to have something to drink. I'll be the one to provide that right. for you. I and I think you. that's a really that's an, another really good point. And I'm happy you said that because, you know, I definitely get in these discussions with people about, you know, um, funding the habits of, you know, some of some of our you know some of the people walking around and and i'm the same way you know if i'm going in somewhere i i will ask you hey you need something i will get you whatever they have to offer i can i can help you get a meal something to drink like you said that's what people need Mm -hmm. but um yeah i'm not giving you any cash i don't have extra cash no (laughs) all right speaking of food we're gonna go get a mango juice thank you again jordan for being here thank you thank Thank you my love coming back my love happy to be back that's another report well uh We'll hurt you, hurt you some more. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> more, more intern abuse those, coming your way. Those no, are lies. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Certified by Terry. Right. Uh, sweet. All right. Well, we'll get out of here. I'll catch you up later. Bye. Bye. This has been another exciting episode of Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm Terry. And I'm Coco. We'll see you next week. All right, then. See ya.